With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the One Foot Down podcast, our 59th episode, Notre Dame. Finally falls on Saturday night in Death Valley to the Clemson Tigers. A thrilling finish to the game after quite a boring game for Notre Dame from our perspective. Irish end up falling 24-22. They score 19 points in the fourth quarter, come up short on a tremendous rally. Uh, Phil's with me again today on the podcast. Phil, um, how are you feeling on this Sunday after uh, Notre Dame suffered the first defeat? Um, well, I'm not feeling good. But I will say, you know, sort of having close to 24 hours to reflect upon what transpired last night, I think what I will say is that uh, it's not the worst loss in the world. You know, if, if you know, you figure with our schedule, we were going to drop at least one. Um, and if we drop one on the road, you know, with Kaiser making his first start in, you know, pretty much a hurricane. You know, those, you know, those, those are, if, if I'm going to drop a game, I'll drop that one. You know what I'm right. saying? It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, there's enough uh, to say, and there were enough positives coming out of this game to warrant me saying, you know, in reflection that I don't feel horrible. You know, I sure as heck would have liked to have won. I would have loved to have, you know, caught a few more two point conversions, but, you know, all in all, I'm not completely upset with this game. It's tough to not get caught up in that college football-ness, um, you know, that kind of happens every year where you're you're undefeated and that first loss really kind of stings. It kind of takes you back and says, uh, you know, maybe this, you know, maybe this was a national championship season and then after you lose, it kind of feels like those dreams are out of the window even though, you know, even with the playoff nowadays, it might not be true, but – you know, my, from my perspective, I you know I, I thought this was a nine and three season for Notre Dame cutting into the season. Um, I thought we'd probably be four and zero, and I thought this was going to be a loss. I know I was really pretty devastated for about ten fifteen minutes after the game ended, but um, I still kind of feel like we're on track to where we're going to probably end up this year. I know for a lot of people, this was like another game that Notre Dame falls short in the big stage, but. I think nationally we probably got enough respect out of this game. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I, I think if the score stayed 21-3, yeah, you're talking about a different scenario. But this is a team that really just had a, you know, this was a, the worst bad luck. You know, let's be honest. For the most part, the defense in particular dominated Clemson for 94% of the clock. You know, two first drives. I mean, this reminded me, you know, too much of Oklahoma at home in 2013 where we basically just spotted them 14 points to start the game. And, you know, you can't, it, it's tough to come out of that deficit. Um, and I, I, I disagree that this is a nine and three season. I, I think this, I think we went out. I'll, I'll be, I'll just, 
I guess lay that on the table right now. I think we went we went out, and, and I think it's because of what I saw in this game. Not not this game sort of tampers that feeling, but this game actually, in fact, confirms it for me. Because uh, you know, you sort of step back and look at what we have here. Let's be honest: the defense shut them down for the vast majority of this game. You know, and when they did score, they scored on a really short field because we couldn't get out of our own way in terms of turnovers. Um, and again, you have to remember that this is sort of a game, you know, where because of the rain and the wind and everything that some of those turnovers, you don't know, you know, how likely they are to happen um, in any other scenario. But things like the fact that Kaiser came down, marched down the field twice, you know, in crunch time and got us either in the end zone or pretty darn close uh, indicate good things to come from him going forward. And the defense really kind of, stood up when they needed to um, for most of the game. And, you know, we did get plays out of playmakers besides Wolf Fuller and besides CJ ProSize. So going forward, I think in other scenarios, I think we beat USC and I think we beat Stanford. And I don't think this is going to be a 9-3 season. I think we're still – I think we end up 11-1 and I think we end up in a New Year's Six Bowl, if not the playoffs. One of the strange things about this game was – you know, the Notre Dame offense really struggled for most of the first three quarters. And, you know, I was trying to, while writing my review, I was trying to think, you know, at what point did it kind of feel like we trans kind of transferred from Notre Dame not being good offensively to kind of realizing that Clemson wasn't doing all that much offensively. You know, Notre Dame only trailed in yardage by 15 at the half, which I thought was crazy. I actually threw that up on our Twitter account um, during half. That was like the most, dominating negative 15 yardage first half that I've ever seen from Notre Dame in recent years. But, you know, you look at the stats at the end of this game. um, I mean, I'm not going to say Notre Dame dominated statistically, but Clemson really didn't do much after those first two drives. Although I will say they did get really conservative. I was just looking at the time of possession and they, they sat on the ball for 17 minutes in the second half. That was, I thought that was pretty, uh, I'm not going to say it was dumb, but, you know, that's because that's, we have hindsight uh, to be able to make that determination. Um, I thought if they kept going fast, that they were going to really give us problems. I'm kind of thankful that they, uh, they didn't do that. Um, what'd you think about the offense kind of early on? Did you think, I know one of the things that people were talking about was we stayed with the run a little bit too much in the first half, especially when uh, Clemson was dominating us up front. Um, I disagree with sort of a blanket statement like that. I think, we, need, we were with the run, per se, the right amount percentage-wise, however you want to put it. But I don't think we were running the right runs, the right run calls. I felt like we were just running to the teeth of that defense every time. We were bringing the sweet man over, but I think we only gave it to him once. I mean, if they're going to sell out and, you know, try and stuff you up the middle, great. We'll give it to Torrey Hunter, let him run around the edge and get some yardage and make them respect the sweep, make them respect the edge, and that'll open up things for C.J. Procise. Um, and we didn't see that. And that's sort of those things that I don't know who's – you know, to blame if there anybody is to blame if that's a Kelly problem. And, you know, if these are just really designed runs with the sweep as a, as just a, um, a distractor, or if that's Kaiser not making the right read, I know he definitely misread the zone read a few times. Um, so I don't think that it was so much that on an absolute sense, we ran the ball too much. I think it's just that we were not running for effectiveness. Right. I mean, in, it's that kind of the situation where it feels like you're damned if you do or damned if you don't, you know, kind yeah. of there's criticism that you, you stayed with the run too long, but 
as we've seen many times before, if you get away from the run too quickly, there's just as much criticism. Yeah. Um, I, maybe the weather played a part in that. You know, I I kind of think early on, especially they didn't think the footing was going to be all that all that great. Although I thought the the field turned out to be pretty pretty good in that respect. Maybe they were a little bit afraid to, uh, you know, get on the edge. You know, Clemson that was that's a huge part of their offense, and they're pretty tentative in that respect as well. Yeah, well, I think we also defended the edge fairly well. I mean, I know, man, do we we need to work on some tackling. That was the one biggest deficit I saw in in our defense was just just uh, guys sort of getting the edge and just running through arm tackles the whole time and we were making contact and that, that's the thing that drives me absolutely up a wall sometimes with the Notre Dame defenses that we've seen in recent years is that we'll be, make contact in the backfield and we can't bring a guy down we make contact at the line of scrimmage and he's still going to call and fall forward for two or three yards and we're not talking about Leonard Fournette here we're talking you know about more just average to above average running backs here. So there's no reason, you know, it just becomes a matter of form and a matter of fundamentals that we're not wrapping up, that we're not being effective tacklers in the open field. And I think that, you know, that's something that continues to be a deficit. You know, I don't really think that the scheme was a problem. I think maybe on that first run by Deshaun Watson that, you know, yeah, the blitz took us out of position and we were poorly aligned to defend that. But for the most part, I don't think it was so much the scheme. I think it was just that, Guys were there. Guys were in position to make plays, and, you know, they just didn't. Yep. I mean, 296 total yards for Clemson, and like you said, we had, gosh, 10 to 12 snaps where, you know, we would stop the running back for a gain of one, and he got three or four. Or, you know, we had Watson corralled in the backfield, and he slipped past an arm tackle and, and gained yardage. That was really frustrating. Um I, I know the weather. The weather's the weather, but I thought Clemson tackled pretty well in this game. Uh, definitely much better than Notre Dame. So I don't think you can completely um, blame the uh, the weather for all of that that went on. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about uh, kind of how Kaiser played in this game. Um, he had one really bad interception that almost cost the Irish the game. Clemson ended up missing a field goal after that pick. Other than that, I mean. I just I, there's those little things I think we can pick nits with with Kaiser, but I, 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 pound for pound, you know, he stepped up as much as anybody. I, you cannot. I, 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 you know what? Looking back on this game, I am not going to complain about Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, I, you can't. How how could you? If you watch that game, he was. I mean, his receivers let him down time and time again. You know what I'm saying? Is is he? He got out there and he battled through it. He didn't. He but his head wasn't hanging down. You know, I don't want to say like if Golson was out there that, you know, this, this would have been, you know, 45 to nothing or 45 to three because, you know, he would have just checked out mentally. I don't want to say that. But I do think that with Sean Kaiser, you're getting a certain maturity and a certain resilience that we haven't seen recently, um, you know, with the physical tools to go along with it. And, you know, you and, and some of those throws, I mean, especially those throws towards the end of the game, you know, with really the game on the line. He made the throws, and they, they weren't uncontested throws. There were guys in the backfield. He was sidestepping people. He was keeping his eyes downfield. He was staying calm. I think Kirk Herbstreet was beside himself by how calm uh, Kaiser kept himself during that drive, particularly the last one where we scored the touchdown with the potential to tie. Um, and you got to love what you see from this kid. You know, yep. stepping into, you know, a hostile environment and hostile conditions. You know, your receivers are not getting the job done. You're putting it in their hands and they're just dropping it. 
and you keep going out there and battling. You're going to run for some. You're going to you're going to throw it. And I mean, that's like I said at the, at the sort of the top of this is that you know that's why going forward, looking at our future games, is I'm not that worried. And this game only makes me almost more confident in Kaiser. Yeah, there's some things to be fixed, and yeah, we'd love for our receivers to catch the ball. And if that can, if we can get some of that fixed going forward, I have no problem with Kaiser. You know, sort of navigating a, a good run for this team. He is so much better than I ever thought he was going to be. He is uh, more than a serviceable backup. Well, let's just put it that way. Right. You know? I mean, not only what I thought he was going to be this year, but really for his career, I wasn't sure if he was going to be kind of a, you know, a steady backup type of quarterback who could come in and just, you know do some things nicely here and there. He's he's getting better every game. I, I kind of see it. Uh, it almost seems like he's getting better every quarter. He's, yeah. so much, he's so much more athletic than I think anybody has given him credit for. And I would put myself at that top of the list. I had a huge uh, worry that he wasn't going to be athletic enough to kind of, you know, be able to run and, and do a lot of the things that, you know, Zaire brings to the table. And I don't really know that, that that's such a huge advantage right now for Zaire because I mean Kaiser with cramps in both of his legs was our best runner on on Saturday yeah and and I'll be the first to admit I think along with you is that I kind of assumed looking you know three four years down the line here that we were going to see Malik Zaire for a few years and then we were going to go straight to Brandon Wimbush I I honestly thought that Kaiser was like you said going to be sort of a career backup a very serviceable backup if he didn't transfer um so you know color me one just wrong and two, uh, color me very happy to be wrong uh, and surprised that he, you know, went out and, you know, and is competing at the level he is. Yeah. Um, 321 passing yards to Watson's 97. Uh, Kaiser doubles up Watson in average yards per attempt and average yards per completion. Um, I, I Looking at those <laughs> stats and we still lost. I know, yeah. you know, we can't really yeah. say that that's, you know, why we lost or anything like or that's unbelievable that we lost because the game didn't really play out that way but um but it did though i guess to be be honest it did though because i mean think of how many times he was connecting making a throw connecting with chris brown wolf fuller you know whoever or Corey robinson you know on a throw to put us in the game get us back in the game early or get us a first down keep a drive alive and the ball just got dropped i mean these were not some of them were a little high he was a little high and behind sometimes you know but it's again it's pouring rain howling wind you know sometimes you're gonna get a little bit but some of these throws i'm telling you it just you know you, you can't put this one on kaiser you know and I, I know some people are saying oh he made fresh mistakes but like yeah that granted but he made you know if, if you know you look at his plays i'd say about 95 percent of them were good plays maybe five percent would fall into like a fresh mistakes category you know yeah but he made he made senior level plays in the game so oh, of course yeah totally you know overwhelms the fresh mistakes um, speaking of mistakes, Notre Dame turned the ball over four times, kind of bringing on an, an onslaught of uh, turnover misery again for the Irish and questions about ball security and, and this and that. Um, I don't really tend to get too hung up on turnovers in the respect of you know, people are like, oh, we don't practice ball security and stuff like that. I think it's just mostly bad luck. What do you think about the turnovers in this game? I mean, I... 
the turnover, the, the the pick that Kaiser threw, that was just sort of a bad read. I don't really know. It was, I think he was trying. I think he wanted to lead Chris Brown when they got sort of the quarterback's eye view of it. It looked like he saw Chris Brown was going to sneak out from behind a defender, and I think he wanted to lead it, and he ended up just throwing behind him. And yeah, I don't think it was even such a bad read. It was just more of a bad throw. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I saw, it was just you know a little of both. I think yeah, if uh, yeah him, I think it was going to be a tight window. It was going to yeah. be a tight window regardless. But I think he could have gotten away with it if he actually led Chris Brown instead of throwing it behind him. Uh, you know the fumbles on the run game. You know some of them happen at the end of runs. You know I mean what are you going to say? The ball is soaking wet. It's you know I don't think you know we really appreciate how much it was actually raining. I think. I've never watched a football game where you could actually hear the rain hitting the microphone. And I, Chris Fowler mentioned that during the broadcast that, you know, you could hear the thud, thud, thud of the, of the rain on, on the microphone box. And I've never watched a game where I've seen that happen. I don't think I've ever been out on an athletic field where that's happened and how to play through that. So I don't think any of us can really imagine or that they were able to simulate those situations in, um, in practice. Uh, granted Clemson really didn't turn the ball over that much either. So, you know, I mean, they, I know they had the one interception, but, you know, they didn't fumble the ball as far as I recall. Um, you know, and, you know, they also made some nice plays on the ball too. I mean, the ones that knocked out, you know, on the kind of kickoff returns was just helmet to ball, you know, just good form tackling and CJ couldn't hold on to it, you know. And, I mean, that, those two at the beginning of the half, they were the absolute two worst turnovers that I've ever experienced watching a game as a fan. You know, because I was saying, you know, oh, what is it now? 14, 14, 3. All right, we'll get the ball back. We'll make this 10, 14, 10, and we'll, you know, we'll get back in this one. And you got a whole half to work with. But, man, given that turnover, I mean, you know, where is my mind at that point? It's, you know, it was it was just darkness. You know, it wasn't, you know, it was the worst feeling. Like I said, it's the worst feeling I've ever had watching a sporting event was, was giving up that turnover right there. Well, that's uh... – it's crazy. I know. It's pretty grim. I mean, I mean, but you know what I'm saying? It was just so deflating. You know, I was, cause I was, we, you know, came back from halftime. I was amped up. I'm like, all right, we get the ball back. We're going to go drive down. We're going to make this a ball game. All right. Kelly talked him up in the room. We're going to, we're going to go out. Defense is starting to play well. Everything's going good. We got a fresh start. Let's go do it. And, you know, in all the spine of what, 20 seconds, it was, you know, all that was for naught. So. Yeah, Notre Dame fumbled six times and lost three of them. Clemson fumbled once and didn't lose it. Um, 50% lost fumbles is pretty typical. So I guess in that respect, we weren't unlucky, but six fumbles was, was pretty ridiculous. You know, yeah. there, was one, there was one part in this game that I didn't really like. Um, Notre Dame had the ball in Clemson territory late in the second half. There's about 30-something seconds left. And uh, we didn't go for it on fourth down. I, I wanted to see us go for it there because I thought, you know, points were going to be tough to come by. And then, you know, I don't think it's a huge decision. We'll get into the two-point gate, two-point conversion gate here in a second. But, yeah. you know, knowing you're getting the ball in the second half, it's not a huge mistake, but I would have liked to have seen Notre Dame try to get something there on fourth down. I wasn't really too scared of Clemson coming back and getting points. And then, of course, we come out and fumble the second half kickoff kind of negating the whole getting the ball at the second half part, which sucked. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the two point conversions. Uh, Notre Dame goes for a two point conversion, a few plays into the fourth quarter after a CJ Procise wheel route touchdown that got Notre Dame on the board for the first time uh, going into the end zone. Um, 
I pretty much fall on this not being a huge issue to me. It's, I, I wrote, I'm writing in my review right now that it's very similar to what I just talked about with that call at the end of the first half. I, it's something, you know, I didn't agree with that call at the set and at the end of the first half, I just didn't mind the two point conversion uh, after uh process is touched on. What'd you think about that call? My initial reaction was that, uh, come on, man, don't be chasing points here. Um, but, you know, sort of if you think about it, if we had converted on that and we came pretty close to doing it, we have Justin Yoon out there kicking the extra point to win the game on that final. I mean, my math is right on that, right? I mean, if, if we get those two, we lost by two. So if we got those two points, then we tie the game with the touchdown and then we're kicking to, to win, right? Yeah, I think everything, you know, everything else playing out. Everything else being equal, of course. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't really see it as being that horrible of a decision. I mean, if if you look at it from that point of view, it just sucks that we didn't convert on either of them. I mean, the first one was just inexcusable. I mean, it was a good play design. Corey Robinson was open, and he just, you know, just didn't make the catch, just didn't execute. What did you think of the second one? Did you? I I wanted a pass play there. I kind of. Oh, I was. I, I was. A, that was the first emotion. thing I, I. I just. I sort of hopped up from my seat and was like, "Oh, come on! You got to pass that one." You know, and it was. I don't know if it was a design run. I think it was more of a. From what I recall, watching that play, it looked like Will Fuller was sort of getting open for a pass option, a run pass option. And I think just what happened was that Clemson just shut that down. Yeah, I think um, it was a lot faster than we expected them to. According to Kelly, I I don't know if there was an option after the snap. I think Kaiser basically had the option at the line, depending on Clemson's look, of going to a pass play or the run play. And Kelly said he made the right call going with the run. Um, you know, we scored a touchdown on that play earlier in the game. Yeah. But, um, you know, I kind of was like. I was like, we're definitely passing. We're definitely passing because we had been passing the ball so well. And then for the snap, I kind of thought, oh, he's rolling out. Okay, that's good. And then immediately it kind of became apparent that it was just a QB kind of power run. And I was like, no. And yeah. uh, But then, you know, a second after the snap, it looked like he was going to score. I thought, the, you know, everything was set up really well. I'll sh- I showed this in my review. You know, we kind of had good numbers and good good attempt to block, I should say. And then it just got completely shut down. Um, Martin Elmer got just absolutely manhandled by one defensive tackle. Uh, their linebacker filled the hole really well and just closed the hole super fast. Uh, I still would have liked them to throw the ball there, but I don't think that's a huge like play call mistake. But what are you going to do? No, I mean, what, exactly. What are you going to do? I mean, it seems like, you know, if, if we throw it incomplete, they're going to be saying, you know, everybody's going to say the same thing. Why, why don't you run the ball in from there? You know, yeah, it's nothing you can really do about that. Again, I, I don't like the, I, I, like I said, you know, I'm not broken up about the first one and I'm not, you know, the second one, what you didn't have a choice. You had to go for two there. Um, and, you know, the question that we got to start asking ourselves is some of these guys on the offensive line, like guys like Elmer and Martin, are they really, you know, sort of the talents that we think they are? Because yep. when they get, you know, in terms of, you know, good competition, we're seeing them just get blown off the ball. I mean, we're not even talking about, you know, oh, they're they're not, you know, mauling. They're just not even, I don't want to say not serviceable, but it's almost as if they're not 
competitive against some of these more gifted defensive linemen. Yeah, and you know what the thing is? You know, we look at, you know, the offenses at Baylor and Texas Tech and places like that, and I think we kind of snicker that they beat up on bad defenses and, and bad teams. And But, you know, Baylor brings it on offense against everybody. And I think, you know, we should give Brian Kelly credit that he's at least brought a competent running game for the majority of Notre Dame's schedule, but they, they do struggle against the best competition and the best defenses they faced. Um, here's CJ Procise's uh, runs through, I think, the first half, and then I think his fumble was the first carry in the third quarter. Are you ready for this? Yeah. This is going to make you cry. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you that in the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Zero, zero yards, negative five, negative one, zero, one, zero, five, three, negative seven, eight, and then six yards, and he fumbled. So that was the first half plus his first run. I mean, nothing. Was he he running the ball or playing golf? Oh, my God. If he was playing golf, it would be great. I know, right? (laughs) Jeez, that's brutal. That is brutal. And that was all, you know, pretty much Clemson just – blowing up our offensive line. It's just, I mean, they were sending a lot of, they did send a lot of blitzes, but I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like we don't respond well in the moment. I mean, I felt multiple times where, like I said before, you know, give it to the sweep guy. There seemed to be selling out up the middle. Give it to the sweep. Let Torrey Hunter get the edge and make them respect that. And then they'll open up some room for us. Or, you know, let's just throw over the blitz. You know, if they're going to blitz and leave an area open, you know, in the flatter, you know, sort of a few yards off the line of scrimmage, let's, let's, you know, let's put a guy there and have him sit down and we'll get the ball to him and we'll make him pay for that and make him respect it. And I feel like, I don't know, it just felt like we were sort of, you know, you know shoveling against the tide here. You know, we weren't that, we weren't trying to be effective. We were just going to do what we were going to do. And, you know, if uh, the results be damned almost, and you hate, I hate that feeling. I, you know, and, and it yeah. seems like we have that feeling a lot as Notre Dame fans, you know, that, well, this isn't working, so let's just keep doing it. And, man, that is one of the worst feelings that I have associated with being a fan of Notre Dame. Not ever going to stop being a fan, not ever going to stop loving my alma mater, but, you know, it's it's not a great feeling to watch. So let's try to take a step back here and kind of – Look at what we've got going forward. Notre Dame fall pretty hard in the AP poll. I think we were sixth heading into this game, and we That's right. yeah. end up fifteenth today. I thought we would probably drop six spots. Um, it's a pretty. I know a lot of people don't really care about the polls anymore, but and I'm not yeah. too worked up about it. But it's a little bit further of a drop than I thought. But I guess there's a few teams that have moved ahead in Notre Dame. I, I don't know if Ole Miss should be ahead of us, but I guess they have that better win than we do. I suppose. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say I don't want to get into it, but some of this stuff with the SEC is just, it just drives me up a wall. I mean, it's been, it's been talked about to its absolute limit. You know, where basically they're all they're all ranked and they all beat up each other on each other and they're all beating ranked teams and all losing to ranked teams, so they all just sort of hang around the top ten perpetually. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't understand. Frank, to be frankly, to be frank with you. I don't understand how Florida is ranked behind Alabama. You know, Florida's five and zero. Alabama's four and one. You know, Florida beat the team that beat Alabama, and Alabama somehow still manages to be ahead of Florida. I mean, figure that one out for me, and uh, I'll, you know. Yeah, I think no I think one, with the playoff committee, we're going to see 
a little bit of a change. I think you're going to see Florida get pushed up quite a bit more. Yeah, I hope so. And I, I also don't understand really all the love that Utah is getting. Um, I don't really get that one either. I know they've had some decent wins, and they are you know undefeated at this point. I'm just not sure if they're for real. Because um, I think they're big ones against Oregon, right? And they also, I know they also beat Michigan, but I know they didn't they beat Oregon. Oh, they crushed Oregon. Yeah, it was a yeah, sixty-two but I, but, to whatever. But, but then again, Oregon has sort of demonstrated that they're you know pretty limp uh, this this season. So I don't know. I don't, again, I don't know. It's hard to assess. I mean, if this this at the end of the day, if Notre Dame wants to be in the conversation for a New Year's Six Bowl, I think this has to be our only loss. Maybe a ten and two, we get like I don't know whatever the sort of the non-playoff bowls are. Maybe we'll get into one of those, but I don't know. I think, but again, I'll go back to what I said at the beginning is I think this is an 11 and one team. I think after seeing what happened in this game, I'm pretty confident that we can beat USC and Stanford. You know? Right. So Notre Dame has to regroup this week. Got Navy coming up. How do you kind of sense things are going to be going this week? I think we're probably in pretty good shape. I like the way, Notre Dame rebounds from uh, losses like this. Um, this is going to be a really good Navy team, which can be pretty scary, but I think we're going to be ready this weekend. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think I'm not saying because Georgia Tech is such a great school, but because we handle the option so well, and yes, Navy does run the option better than Georgia Tech or however you want to say it, but at the end of the day, we seem to have that for the most part figured out. you know. And I think we need to go out and sort of uh, sink the midshipmen, if you will, uh, excuse the pun, uh, because uh, we need to sort of show that we are for real, and you know whatever happened in you know at Clemson is gonna is we have to demonstrate that that's an aberration, um, and, and just going forward is we need to really look impressive in every other win that we have because let's remember you know it it is you know everybody's kind of saying that oh well Ohio State was eleven and one and you know they ended up winning everything well that's great but also Ohio State had the benefit of a of a championship game in the Big Ten you know, to sort of put the icing on the cake there. We don't have that benefit. You know, it does, it wouldn't have mattered if we were 12-0, and 0, but now that we're 11-1, and 1, we need to make sure that we're winning and winning convincingly. You know, we, we need a few more Texas and UMass-style wins um, if we want to really remain in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, right now we just need impressive wins in any way we can get them, whether that's, you know, beating USC however we can or – I mean, I we have know. to beat USC. It can't. I, I don't. I, I mean, I might be too much to ask, but it can't be close. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, it's. You know, I'm saying something like ten point, like a ten point win. You yeah. Know, if well, we, yeah. If, if you want to still matter. be in the playoff race and everything like yeah. that, I think definitely. So for this weekend, Notre Dame's favored. I'm looking at a couple of lines by 15 and 16 points, depending on the uh, the casino. I mean, would that type of win be? sufficient against navy I'd, I'd probably take that i think i think i would take that i think um i think navy is continually getting more and more respect nationally as as one a uh sort of slayer of giants and also two is their ability that they are a tough out and i don't think that it's just anymore just so oh, that they just get up for notre dame i think every team that's played them so far has realized that navy gets up for everybody and they're gonna you know they're gonna play you tough and they're gonna beat you especially on the biggest stage so from the point of view, a 15-point win against Navy, I think, is uh, sort of in the ballpark of what we want. Um, but like I said, we're going to have to do a, a touchdown or better against USC 
um, and likewise against Stanford to uh, to really make a case. And you know what? If if it doesn't happen this year with the playoff, I don't think I'll be too upset. I'd be really upset, really upset if we didn't make a New Year's Eve bowl. I think that that's sort of in my just personally in my mind, sort of where I hope to be, and hope to be watching the Irish when I'm you know back home from school and with my family and everything. I want to be watching on New Year's Eve. I don't want to be watching some Belk Bowl or right, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think most fans are probably with you on that. We kind of have to take that next step, even with the injuries and everything. I think we're still good enough to uh, to get there. Yeah, and that's probably. I think. You know, I, I said it a couple weeks ago. I think at, at minimum we have to beat both of the triple option teams, and that starts this weekend. So um, to beat Navy, I think we're still in really good shape for a lot of uh, a lot of good things ahead, and, and, and finishing with a, a quote unquote good to great season. So, is it just really creepy to you as it is to me that we had the issue of Florida State last year, then we had Navy the next game, and then we won that game. And so I'm not, I don't, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I'm sort of not holding my breath until, or I'm not going to let my breath out until after Navy. Because after Navy, after Florida State last year, we beat Navy and it seems like, oh, we're going to correct this ship. And then, oh yeah. God, you know, everything went, went downhill quickly. So, yeah. uh, I'm, you know, I don't I know, it just, it just creeped me out a little bit how, how these things are aligning. Yeah, I don't think playing USC after Navy is, is, is good in any shape, so... I mean, that's just scary. I don't like it at all. So that's not really a crazy opinion at all. I think everybody kind of hates that. So we'll see. Um, so Notre Dame's going to play the midshipmen this weekend. Um, pretty decent favorites. Uh, I'm going to be going to the game. It's my first game in a while. Nice. The South Bend. Uh, going to be taking my dad, so it's going to be a good time. Oh, great. Um, um, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here and, and get back to our lives? Uh, nothing, you know, not really. I just want to just point out that, you know, this loss stung, it stunk, but at the end of the day, you got to give credit to the guys on the field. They really did battle for 60 minutes. And the fact that, you know, we were in a position to tie the game right at the end there speaks volumes for the resiliency, um, of this group. And I think also you have to give some credit to Coach Kelly. You know, even if he disagreed with the decisions, you know, he did have the guys in position to, you know, to, you know, to put this game away in our favor multiple times. And sometimes the breaks are going to go against you. Sometimes, you know, you're not going to execute right. But I think there's way more, even though it stinks as a loss, I think there's way more positives coming out of this this game than, uh, than negatives. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, hopefully this weekend we protect the ball and get the running game back on track and defeat Navy and go into a, a massively huge game against our uh, our big rival. That's right. Um, I'm Eric. That's Phil. This is the One Foot Down podcast, our 59th episode, and we'll see you guys back in another week's time.